coming up on today's show, the very first details on PlayStation's VR 2 and what games we're looking forward to most in 2022. Welcome back to the Pixel Candy podcast, where we talk about whatever we find interesting in the gaming industry. I'm your host, Alan Sensich, and I'm here with my brother, Brian Sensich. Brian, how's uh, how's 2022 treating you? Oh, man. Um, I, I think I was telling you New Year's Eve. It feels like just like a low, it was a low-key memorial service for Betty White. Uh <laughs> That's yes. kind of how New Year's felt. And then it's been like five days and I'm on paternity leave, as you know, with your nephew. And uh, yeah, like every day kind of feels the same. It's been like a week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're just outside of Toronto, Canada. Everything's locked down here. And our kids are doing homeschooling again, virtual learning, which is fun. So like it's a fucking madhouse here with a baby and a toddler. So good times. But yeah, no, so far it's been finer than that. Now I can imagine the, and the flip-flop too, right? From going from learning at home, back to school, learning at home, back to school, and just the endless cycle that we seem to be stuck in. Well, as you know, like my, our oldest son, did, your nephew, didn't uh, didn't have to do this the first time. He's in kindergarten now. Right, So yeah. like he started kindergarten in September when everything was fine. And then like, with this latest lockdown it's like yeah here's a laptop he's he, he's like dancing in front of it they do like dances and stuff I'm like what is happening right now he does like math and, and then he draws stuff and i'm like oh man i wish school was like this for me like the last time i remember school was like quadratics all this weird shit i never use well i imagine they got to keep it like fun because it's at a distance right oh, they got to yeah. keep their attention somehow and i i would, I would I not want to be in that position I think in junior kindergarten, it's all just like fuck around time. It's just like, oh, yeah. let's color, <laughs> let's draw, let's dance, let's go outside, let's throw snowballs at each other. So, um, yeah, no, it's been good though. I, you know, what's been nice is that I've maintained throughout the entire pandemic and even into this latest bit, like the hours of like nine 30 till about midnight are kind of mine to do what I want. So yeah. I've been playing a lot of games, it's game time. got some suggestions, got some suggestions from you. I got an Oculus Quest 2 today. Yes, congratulations. Mail. <laughs> Did so, you try it yet? Oh my God, dude. I know we're going to get into it. But yeah. I, I, well, like like I said before, I maybe um, we can leave like next week open to like a large discussion about that because I want you to have some time with it and actually just yeah. get some of your feedback on a lot of that stuff because I know you're going to have access to like pretty much everything, right? Um. So yeah, after a bit of time, maybe we can have like a really good in-depth conversation of what you think yeah, of the Quest sure. 2. Um, but we're in 2022, which means this is the most exciting time of year to look forward and see the crazy, crazy amount of shit coming out this year. Last year, like I loved last year in terms of video games. We talked about this before, about how a lot of people kind of took last year as, you know, it wasn't the best year in video games, but I loved a lot of what came out last year. And now I'm looking at the list for what's coming out in 2022. And it's unbelievable. Like we're going to go through as much as we can today, but there's a few things we got to get to that list. Holy shit. Like there are so many bangers that if they end up dropping all this year, this could very well be one of the best years in gaming ever period. So super excited to get into that stuff. But what we're going to start with is some news from this week. And that is the PlayStation VR 2. 
because they actually just announced i mean this this was you know this came to light a few months ago the announcement that it was going to be a thing but they finally kind of gave a lot of the details a lot of the specs which i was looking over and i'm actually super happy with what they've done here they did say the only real piece of information we got like back when they announced this initially was it's going to be one wire we still don't know what that means because you've been to my place you've seen the setup i loved the original playstation vr just because that was my first step into virtual reality i remember Mm -hmm. when all this stuff was announced i wasn't for it i wanted nothing to do with virtual reality just because as cool as the concept was i knew what would be involved in the setup and like the lengthy time it would just to get everything going and it's like it's very involved like you've played it it's kind of sweaty right like you're in that headset and it's like it's a lot so initially i was just like well you know it's it's a lot of money it's this and that i had a bunch of, of excuses playstation vr came out i was lucky enough to get one and it's been great there is a lot of really really good games for that thing and the only downfall, again, and this was one of my fears, is the setup. You had to have that little tiny, if, if anyone's ever seen the, the, the setup for this thing, it's like a little mini PlayStation 4 looking unit that you have like six, five or six cables pouring out of. You got to figure out, you know, you got the one from the TV going into this thing, then to the system. You got a USB connecting that, that other cable that goes to the back. The cable to the headset, it, it's just, it's kind of a disaster. So they announced originally the big move for this was it would be one wire. That, if it is what they're saying, and it's literally from the headset, one cable directly into the system, beautiful. That's what I want. That's what I need. And everything they detailed, it was a very short presentation. Um, I sent you the video. Did you end up watching and going through any of it? I, I watched all of it. Okay. So I don't know about you because, it, I mean, you just got the Quest too, right? So a lot of this stuff is actually pretty comparable to what Quest already has. But there's a lot of features in here that are really cool and I just I didn't expect. And I think, you know, something like the Quest, the next iteration will probably have all this and then a bunch of new stuff. Like they keep just improving this stuff year over year. And getting mm-hmm. right to it, we got uh, the controllers, which they're calling the VR2 Sense controllers, kind of going off that dual sense you know, language that they've got going now. Um, They detailed like new sensory features, but they didn't really go into, I'm assuming that's like more haptics, kind of like what you know from the controller right now, right? In the PlayStation Mm -hmm. 5. Responsive feedback, enhanced controls tracking. So like all these kind of buzz terms, I just assume are a lot of the technology we already have in the DualSense. But now we're going to have much better controls. I can't remember if they were leaks or if they were official images, but they, they, the new controllers look a lot similar to something like the Quest. Like, mm-hmm. just a lot better right. overall. Yeah. They're, they're not those wands anymore that they repurposed from yeah. the PlayStation Eye, if you remember that thing. PlayStation Move or whatever. Yes. One of the most fascinating kind of things they detailed here was the actual visual fidelity. And to break it down, they're saying this thing's going to push 4K with HDR at 100 well up to 120 frames per second 120 hertz that's super exciting because that is a massive massive step above the first one so just clarity smoothness all that stuff it's going to look a lot better it's going to feel a lot better 
because if you know anything about VR, it's like the slower it is, you can't go below 60. If you do, yeah. you're going to get motion sickness, right? It's got um, OLED screens, which is great. Just adds to that clarity, that crispness. But what I found really interesting is they said it's going to have eye tracking, which I don't know what other virtual reality <laughs> systems have it, but there's a game called Before Your Eyes. And maybe look up a trailer like once we're done here, but this game was completely built around eye tracking. So the way this thing works, I thought it was super cool and I really want to give it a shot one day. You're kind of, you're, you're watching like a scene, a, a pre-rendered kind of thing, right? Every time you blink, the game skips forward. Oh my God. That would be, that'd be intense. So imagine, right? Like you're trying to experience this narrative and uh, like a bodily function of yours, an involuntary one, right? Like you can't go that <laughs> long without blinking. You're forced to skip ahead. So I don't know exactly how it works. Um, like I haven't played it, like I said, but I imagine, you know, maybe you want to linger on a scene a bit longer, but you blink, boom, on to the next. And I think that this whole technology leaves a lot more open for VR in terms of things like, and they've said that the VR2 will have this. Um, f- I, I think I'm saying this right. Foveated rendering. So what this is, if you can imagine, if they're tracking your eyes the whole time, the assets and, and, and all the rendering that's happening outside of your vision, so all your peripherals, will get downgraded because you're not looking at that at that moment. So in real time, you're going to be looking around, you know, spaces, whatever experience you're in, in VR. And the processing power will only ever be focused on what you're actually looking at. And that right. that's insane to me. Like, th- this isn't new technology, but I'm just really happy that they're including this in here. And to top it off, they've said it will have a 110 degree field of view, just meaning... Again, Crazy, like your yeah. your peripheral vision will see a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. So, questions for you because I want to break this down a little bit. Having just got the Quest Two, does this excite you? Would you ever get one? I mean, again, you just got the Quest Two today, so this is kind of a loaded question. Being like, hey, do you want to get the competitor to the thing you just bought? But I just want to get kind of your grasp on this if this does anything for you if if you're kind of excited you're like it's meh what what are your thoughts yeah so one of the things i did i should have done this for for prep anyways i have the details up of the spec comparison it doesn't give a ton of specs but the resolution on psvr2 is 2000 by 2040 versus oculus quest is 1832 by 1920 so not much of a difference not much of a difference. PSVR 2 has OLED. Oculus Quest 2 is LCD. Field of view for PSVR 2 is 110 degrees. Field of view for Oculus Quest is 89 degrees. Both refresh rates are up to 120 hertz. So they're they're close. And I think like you have to remember like Facebook or now Meta as they're as they're as they're called because they've been rebranded are are trying to get more and more into hardware. So there's gonna be more and more headsets. And I was kind of in a position where I'm like. I want it. I want a VR headset. I want it to be wireless because that's the big difference between yeah. the PlayStation VR headset and the Oculus one is is it's wireless. 
So I wanted one and it's kind of one of those things with consumer electronics where you have to buy it when you're, when you want it. Cause if you wait, like there's just gonna be more and more iterations and new versions that come out. So yes. I could wait, I could wait and I could wait and I could wait, but there's always gonna be something new. And when I buy something a year later, there's gonna be something else new because the stock prices of all these companies involved ride or die on these releases, which is why Sony decided to announce this at CES. Because they're like, exactly. we want we to have a strong first quarter. So it makes sense. And that's where you do these, ty- these types of things. I, where it's going to come, come out for me, I, I'm, so Oculus is really interesting in the sense that it secured the rights to Resident Evil 4, which I bought immediately. I haven't tried it yet, but I have it. It's like loaded up, ready to go on the headset. As far as you and know, you cannot- is, is that a timed thing though? Or is that like, I think it's a timed release. I'm not positive but i'm curious do you do you know if it's like that is an oculus thing and will only ever be that or is it kind of a time release where it it could come to like playstation down the road or oh or vive or whatever my understanding is that resident evil 4 exclusively they made a big deal to say when it was announced that it exclusively sits on for the oculus system i don't know if they i don't know if it's a time i don't know what that contract looks like I would imagine that it's probably for a few years, but I don't know, to be honest. Uh, all I know is you can't play Resident Evil 4 anywhere else except a Quest 2 or a Quest 1 or whatever. Right. Or or a Rift, because Oculus still has that original headset. I don't even know if you can get it anymore, but if you had a Rift, I think you could play Resident Evil 4. Uh, San Andreas is coming to Oculus. Yeah, definitely want to like, get it. I'll be coming to your place to try that out for sure. For sure. Oh, buddy, come to my place and try all this stuff out. I mean, this is all just with every, with all the buzz around the metaverse and like crypto and NFTs and like all this stuff, like VR is going to be a huge part of that. I don't think it's going to be Ready Player One tomorrow, but I definitely think the world's moving there faster than anybody realizes. It, it is the first step, right? Yeah. And like a more so, accessible for, VR system. Like you said, it's not wire. Like yeah. there's no wire. It's way more accessible. Um, and it being Facebook, I mean, they if anyone can get this out into the mainstream and kind of break through that VR barrier that there seems to mm-hmm. be around even hardcore gamers not really being the most excited about VR all the time, if you look at the raw numbers, you, you know that it doesn't sell nearly as well as pretty much any other gaming peripheral, right? But Facebook's yeah. the one that could do it. So this it, it's scary. It's like this is the start. Like we're here. We, what the like, hell? we've made it yeah. it's it, well and i should mention by the way that all opinions i have on this podcast are mine and mine alone and don't re- represent um any company i'm yes, exactly for. Should always, should always put that disclaimer absolutely in, in this podcast. um but yeah you know for me it's going to come down to game availability like uh, again i could not forego playing resident Evil 4 so it's like oculus was already the answer plus psvr 2 is not out yet so well, for me okay. it was like obviously so to add to my question what would it take then, game-wise? Like, what property yeah. could release a, a, a title, a PlayStation property, right? Like, something that would only be on the PSVR 2 that you'd be like, damn, man, I kind of wish I had yeah. one. Yeah, that's a great, great question. The Anything Metal Gear, Oof. anything from the Metal Gear franchise, I, it would probably not be great. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. It might be great, but I'd... Like, the problem is translating some of these awesome titles you and I love into VR... 
I don't know how it's going to work because the way I think about like Astro's Playroom, for example, that game was designed for the PS5 to show off all of its capability. And I feel like to some extent, not to the the full extent, but to some extent, VR has done a good job of like, we're building this game with VR in mind. So you you mentioned Astrobot and Astrobot Rescue Mission, which was the, the, that was, yeah. Like you said, built from the ground up for VR and worked perfectly for it. This is what I'm saying. Like, I would rather have something like that that was built for VR that incorporates all the tool set that it has available versus taking one of my favorite games and just like adapting it to VR. Well, what about something like Resident Evil 7? Because yeah, that, that game, one to one, there is no difference really in terms of like it doesn't, it doesn't change the design well, of the core person. game. You are playing Resident Evil 7 the way you experienced it, but in virtual yeah. reality. So. I think you're right. Like with all these kind of curated experiences specifically built with VR in mind are the way to go. But something like Resident Evil did something incredible because the fact that that game released and on day one was fully playable in VR or single player was what really just like made that game one of the best things of that year. And it worked perfectly. That that game, I don't want to, we should do just a Resident Evil podcast, like a Resident Evil episode, by the way. Like that game was great for so many different reasons. VR aside, I never played in VR, and it's one of the most frightening video games I've ever played in my oh, life. Oh my god! Because Dude, because it's so it, based in it in VR is is something okay. else. It, yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> I love it. horror games. It's one of my favorite genres ever, and I don't really get easily scared. But you sweat when you play that in VR for sure. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Like. And to me, like, that's a great example of like, if that was there, that would, and, and by the way, I don't even know, can you play Resident Evil 7 on Oculus? I'm going to check. I don't know if you can. The, so this is why I asked about Resident Evil 4 about exclusivity, because when 7 released, it was a big thing coming to PlayStation only. It's a PlayStation thing. Can't get it anywhere else. It did open up, I think, a year after release. Now, okay. the interesting thing here, um, I mean, we can check while we're, we're talking about this. You mentioned the whole wired versus wireless debate, right? Mm-hmm. And wireless being the, the the key. That is what VR needs to move to completely for, I think, the majority of just the general sure. casual gamer, whoever, right, to adopt it. The mm-hmm. problem right now, and this will just be fixed with time. It's literally just a matter of time. It's the power within the actual unit, right? Your Quest mm-hmm. 2 is going to be able to play a lot of games because it's a powerful piece of kit. But it doesn't have the power of a monstrous PC it's hooked up to, which I do think the Quest can be connected directly to a PC, but I don't know if it supplies it any further power. So my point being, something like, you know, the PSVR 2 is not going to be this insanely powerful thing, but a game like Half-Life Alex, which, you know, came out and set the bar for basically what you said, a game that is built with VR in mind, but has as much depth, thought, and budget put into it as a AAA single-player game you know and love. So it's like now the golden standard for if you want to make what we consider a full gaming experience, but in VR, and have that kind of one-to-one of what you expect it to be, and not this just hokey, short experience, Half-Life Alex is it. But I don't think I'm going to check right now um, if it's on quest two and that kind of would answer the power question. Yeah. 
while you look that up, I think like yeah, like it's for it's me here, and it's just it's a weird convoluted way of how to get it going. But it looks like you might be able to do it. Yeah, like it's well, we just went through the specs. Like it's very close. I think what you're going to see is it's going to get these headsets are going to fully go wireless, all of them, and they're going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Because if you if you've watched Ready Player One. The headset he wears, which is like fully immersible when he puts it on, and he's just in like this shithole apartment. Oh, I'm like, waiting for that. I'm waiting for that body, right? that body suit. I want that body suit. Right? Haptic <laughs> body suit. And that, well, dude, like Facebook also is releasing gloves where you can yeah, touch and that. feel. Things. So like this is this is where we're going to go. I think, but it's going to get more and more powerful. It's going to get smaller and smaller because that's just the way it works. Like think about how big a one terabyte hard drive is today versus what it was 10 mm. years ago. Like. You know, it's going to get smaller. It's going to make sense, computing power wise. Um, and the reason why wireless is so important is what happens when I want to take my VR on like a business trip and play in the hotel room. What happens when I'm on like a, a conference call and I can't be in my living room to take that conference call in VR around this boardroom? Because that's the next thing they're trying to exactly, push to yeah. is VR, VR for work. It's like, well, I need to be able to do that in a few different places in my house potentially. So I think, and what's cool about the Oculus that I discovered tonight, when you get it on, and I don't know if PlayStation VR 1 does this or VR 2 will do it or, or other competitors, but it has you draw with the controller a box of where you're going to be. Oh, so see, that okay. You're like, I don't know if the psvr2 obviously because we don't know much more about it but the the first one didn't have that and that would be oh my god revolutionary because like, so the amount of times i see like, the you stepped out of the bounds thing on no, screen it disconnects like so you playing beat saber you miss you, you miss one of the yeah. cubes because you went out of bounds oh my god okay well, so and this is what i mean so you can literally you can draw like i could move my couches in my living room and i could draw my whole ground floor as the map amazing. or I could do it to be this tiny little square. Like you can do whatever you want. So it's stuff like that. It also has a see-through mode. So I can press a button and there's four cameras on the outside of this thing. And it shows me what's in front of me. Yeah. So if like, if my son's run in front of me or if like my wife is like, well, like I need whatever I, or I like lost the controllers because the controllers have batteries. So you can see where they are at all times when Mm -hmm. they're on a battery dies like where the fuck is this controller like you can you can turn this thing on you can see everything it's not super clear it's like very grainy and black and white but there's all kinds of convenient stuff like that you can watch netflix on it which like if you want to watch a movie on like a hundred inch screen like i actually, I actually love doing that when quarantine first hit so we're talking like march 2020 I spent way, way too much time <laughs> on my me. VR and I would just chill yeah. on the couch, put that thing on, watch like any movie show, YouTube didn't matter. And kind of like what you said, it's like you're sitting in a movie theater because the screen's massive yeah. and it tricks your brain into thinking that you're just watching this thing. I was playing single player games that were not VR on this thing just to get that experience not? as if playing in a theater. But you're right. Yeah. It's well, all those convenience features of not having a wire are going to be what sells this thing down the road and makes it totally like not only popular, but mainstream. Right. Well, and the same thing, like the problem we're having right now is streaming wars. We're like, I don't know about you, but being in quarantine over the last couple of years, I've gone to watch, like I wanted to watch the fast and furious movies again because they're terrible, but I wanted to catch up because I haven't seen them in a while. I wanted to watch all the MCU movies. I wanted to watch all the star Wars movies and like Netflix will lose it. Prime will get it. Prime will lose it. Crave will grab Mm. it. Crave will lose it. Disney Plus will get it. And like, there's that's going to happen with games. 
and it's going to be oh everyone's going to want. I hope we don't lose games though. <laughs> well, this is what I mean. That'd though, be something like, else. You played. You this, know what's You happened. played this on Xbox for two years. It's gone now. Actually, that's kind of happened with, I mean, with the Bethesda deal and future titles. But exactly, like they're buying studios, and it's not going to be long before Sony starts to buy more studios that only do VR, mm. and 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 Xbox and Microsoft buys studios. Like that's, I think, like the business end of it is going to be a motherfucker because it already is on mm-hmm. everything, every other part of the gaming industry. I think with VR, it's really going to get crazy. And like, it was smart. It was a smart business move for Facebook to be like, we want. Resident Evil 4, we want San Andreas. You can only get it on Quest because that is the entrance into you get the system. Now you're chatting in Messenger over VR. Now you're in Horizon World. Oh, yeah. Hanging out with well, people. That's, in always, that's always been the argument for exclusives in general, right? Like there, yeah. there's always the argument in console wars or PC master race about, you know, what's better and, and this and that. It always comes down to the exclusives, but that's for a reason. You're, you're selling your piece of gear with these shiny, flashy things that you can only get in that ecosystem. It totally makes sense. Um, for PSVR 2, what, what do you think the price point is going to be and what price point would make you want to buy it? Considering you did pay, we're in Canada, the yeah. the PS5 was what was it 599? I think so. I know in the states like USD it's it's 499 for the disc. We have the, we have the disc for the disc. Ours was a hundred dollars difference. I'm pretty sure because our our dollar is horrible right now. So you yeah. paid six hundred dollars for the system. You already have a Quest Two. Is there a price was, point where you were the, like, which was the same price? The, so the Quest Two was. Um, I got it on a discount, but I think it was roughly like six, seven hundred bucks, if I remember correctly. Okay, I don't have the bill right here, but anyways, it was roughly around that price too. For me, it would need to be in like that. It's hard because, like you were saying, if they had some really great titles, I can only get on PSVR two, maybe. But the bigger problem for me is that like I have the PS five, and I'm so deep in PS five and all the games I want to play there having a VR headset on for the amount of time that I would play on my PS five is not practical yet. Sweatiness and just fatigue. Your eyes shouldn't be in that experience for like three straight hours or two straight hours, which let's be honest, like anyone who games, sometimes that's how long you game for. Sometimes it's way longer and you can't do that fucking VR. So like to me, I'm kind of like, I don't know. It would probably need to be less than 500 bucks to answer your question for me to, for me to consider it. But even then it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I need fucking two VR headsets. What I would probably do at that point is I would get both. I'd assess which one I like the best. I'd sell the one. Sell I the other one. It's yeah. Probably what I, yeah, that's probably what I'd do. I don't know what price point would really get me to go out and be like, I got to have this thing. But I do think the sweet spot, whether they could ever make this happen, considering the technology they're putting into this thing. But to get it out to as many people, and it's attached to the PlayStation name. They've done it before with the first one where they were kind of the leader in onboarding people onto VR. Would be like the two ninety nine USD. So it'd be like 400 bucks for us. I think that would be the only way that this thing would really skyrocket. Any, like you start approaching that $500 mark, or if we're, if we're keeping it in USD, because that seems to be kind of the base. If you're approaching 400 or even 500 USD, I think that's where just a lot of people are going to check out from this. And it's hard, right? Like how, how do you get how do you convince people to do this? And that's what 
kind of brings me back to the whole Oculus and Facebook thing and the metaverse. There's a whole lot of opinions out there about that stuff, but it's it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And Facebook's it's, the one to do it. Yeah, there there is. I feel like there's like a highway or for our friends in the United States, a freeway that it already has traffic on it or traffic that wants to be on it. And right now everyone's building on and off ramps. They're just like, mm. how do we actually like get onto this thing? And it's going to be interesting because there's just, there's so much to consider. Like, I don't know it to me, get going into VR and being like, build your avatar. I was already like, I don't fuck like all right. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to build an avatar. Like, just let me play this game. Like, you know, I was already just like, I just get me to the fucking content. Like, I don't want to build an like, avatar and, have fake coffee with someone on a bench. Like I, I just, you know, but I can see the business applications. I can see the social applications and Facebook's trying to diversify like the experiences they provide, which makes sense. And I don't know, it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting what happens. I think we're looking at honestly like a five-year time window before all this explodes, not just VR, but like oh, yeah. augmented reality will be first. You will have a pair of glasses very soon. From one of these companies, probably Apple, I would imagine, would be one of the first to do it. You'll have a pair of glasses that overlay digital things onto your physical world. That'll be the first thing before VR mm-hmm. really pops. Um, right now, it's just like it's a gaming. It's a hev- heavily oriented around gaming. Like already, I've been invited to um, a VR golf tournament, the Omnicron VR golf. You're tournament telling me about that. Scott. That's awesome. I, I love you that. Know? That's a thing. That's cool. Yeah, like I think there's it's the it's where kind of it, it makes gaming a little more social. I think and beyond just yeah. like a mic, a mic in a lobby in in Call of Duty, in my opinion. Well, <clears throat> or, or Fortnite trying to build stuff and run away from people. <laughs> Have you ever watched like the VR chat? Like the you build your own avatar. It's 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 kind of like what the metaverse was pitched as, but like complete shit posting and trolling and just the most nonsensical yes. things you've ever seen. <laughs> It's the best. There's going to be a lot of those once uh, the metaverse opens up. Well, it's and like think about how much the internet is porn. Like it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous stat. I think it's like north of seventy five percent or something. It's some crazy number. It, more than that percentage is porn. Doesn't. So what happens? When we, like it's crazy. What happens when we bring all this to the metaverse and like we don't have the right privacy in place for like kids? Like I just feel like it's going to get weird. Oh, the, well, that'll Literally. be a whole thing. I'm sure they'll they're firewall that to oblivion. What I was going to say though is, um, is porn not like I? This was one of those things I just heard somewhere. I don't know if this is fact or whatever. But is porn not like the leader in like video technology? Meaning yeah. they were the they were like the industry to push from SD to Ooh, HD because everyone yeah. wanted their porn in HD. And then like, and then it was, and then it was, you know, 4k and now it's yeah. VR. <laughs> That's kind of crazy know. to me. Just a complete side note to all this. Well, dude, like a lot of people don't know. And again, I don't even remember the source of this and I had heard it. Who knows if it's true, but I had heard that the reason why Blu-ray won over HD DVD is for that same reason is because porn backed Blu-ray. Really? So Blu-ray wins. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, again, speculative. I don't know if that's actually true. Ding, ding, ding. Blu-ray wins. Right? Insane. But that's what I mean. I I think, like, just as a person and as a dad, I think I'm, like, I'm concerned for, like, 
and this has nothing to do with like any one company, just like overall, because the metaverse isn't one company. I think that's confusing people. And like Facebook didn't help by rebranding themselves meta because now everyone thinks the metaverse belongs to them, right? which I'm sure was by design. But this is not any one company. The metaverse is going to belong to everyone. It's going to be like, yeah. who's going to build the experiences? And I just worry about like my kids existing in there and if it's going to be properly, you know, policed and patrolled. Because, you know, it, it, with emerging technology, the rules and the laws have not been set. It's a problem we're having right now. They can't right. figure out how to properly regulate the internet, which is why everyone has to go into Senate hearings and Congress every two weeks to testify and explain yeah. to old white men how the internet works and how location services work and how, like, fucking browsing history works. Like, they still don't understand. So I'm, I'm a little worried about that. I'm a little worried about, like, what are the checks and balances of what VR looks like? Yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting to see. What else is going to be very interesting to see is this year's game releases. Because holy shit. Have you, did you look at the list I sent you of like, first of all, the, the confirmed titles. The ones that, unless they get delayed, are releasing in 2022. Mm-hmm. The list of like up in the air you know we don't have a date but like there the window is 2022 it, combined this is the most bonkers list of games i've ever looked at really so is. we had talked about doing this before and uh picking kind of i i have a whole list here but you know we can't talk about every single one of them so i did want to go over kind of back and forth with like the ones you're looking forward to most talk about those i have mine here do you have your list with you i have my list ready to rock sir okay well switching gears now because i really want to talk about a lot of these as many as we can get into the first game is one that i'm gonna have a little bit of build up for here okay because oh boy i don't think it's gonna be one that you're on board with right away and i'm gonna do my darndest to try and convince you. you Don't guess it till the end, okay? Um, this, this, I am so excited for this game. I It's going to be hard to put into words, okay? And I am not even the, like, a diehard fan of this franchise. I do like it. I grew up with it. There are books. There are movies. This is a huge... Huge property, don't you fucking say it. And when they showed off this game, the 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 places that my mind went to in terms of what this actual game would consist of, all the gameplay mechanics, all the places that they can just build and have you visit and experience, my mind went wild, okay? Now, this is rumored to be coming this year. There is no confirmed date, but as of, it was like a few hours ago, I don't have the exact time, uh, Epic Games put out like a 2022 kind of highlight reel of all the big games coming in 2022 using their engine just to kind of highlight like what's coming using Unreal. And Hogwarts Legacy was on that fucking list. Now, fucking heard. <laughs> Okay, hang on though. Hang on. You you got to hear me out, all right? Because I get it. I totally get it. You're either 
really into Harry Potter or you hate it with everything in your soul. And I know that you are not the biggest fan. You, you went to the movies when we were kids and you're just like, I don't, I don't understand what the fuck am I watching? Like I said, I was never like a diehard. I'm not one of those people that just loses their shit over just anything Harry Potter. The reason I'm so excited for this, this game, is the potential of what it has in terms of structure. And just hear me out, okay? This is my ideal scenario for what Hogwarts Legacy should be. Rockstar's Bully. Do you remember that game? I do. You take Rockstar's Bully, okay? The the campus, you're you're a student going to a school. Each class that you go into is its own small mini game, and in each of those mini games you're unlocking different traits or items or whatever. Like the, that alone has so much variety in each class that you attend, and the style of that mini game kind of like picture it takes two. Each of these classes is going to be something so wildly different that you experience. They have their own fucking sport. You can, if they have a full Quidditch thing in there, there's potential to make that really, really cool. Now, you take this whole idea of having an open world Hogwarts castle and all the surrounding area, and you layer in that bully formula. Now, take a step back. And now imagine everything outside of the school aspect being Skyrim and Witcher 3. Two games which I know you haven't played, you're not too familiar no. with. But these are games that are just massive in scale. And there are side quests just everywhere. There is never a shortage of things to do in that game. So you're talking about like what you're describing right now is like a 300-hour game. Yeah, like, but the thing... That's a the thing with Big Hogwarts Legacy is because it's using Harry Potter like lore. By the way, this actually isn't taking place during like the he's not going to be in it. You're not playing as Harry Potter. You're not going to be playing alongside Harry Potter. It literally takes place. I think it's like 100 or 200 years before. But for that reason alone, I feel like I'm a little bit interested to be honest because okay. I like when they do that. I like when yes. they're just like, don't give me the weirdo with his glasses and his lightning bolt living under the cupboard and the fucking car and the fucking goblet of fire. And the fu- I don't fucking no, get throw all that shit out the window. It's gone. No, it's no, trash. Like, it's this dead. Is just okay? in the universe. This is like, yeah, all you need to let's, let's rewind back to when this was announced. I think it was the PS five showcase. They showed a trailer. But the very first thing you saw was like, I think yeah. they showed the title right off the bat or, or something. You knew it was Harry Potter. Terrible if, way to if, do a trailer. If that entire trailer came and went, and then the title was something completely, completely unrelated to Harry Potter, okay? The, the fact that yeah. it's just wizards in magic in general, in video games, opens up so many goddamn possibilities, it's not even funny. Any type of gameplay you want, you can make it happen because of magic. You can do all sorts of things. You can transform into different animals. You can fly. You can teleport. You can shoot fire out of your hands. It, it, like Gameplay design in terms of making mechanics for what your character can do and achieve, this is just like Pandora's box of whatever the fuck the game designers want the game to be on top of the fact that the lore of Harry Potter's world, right? Like, Forget the character for a second. Is pretty goddamn fleshed out. And yeah. from the creatures to the actual locations, 
it's all really well thought out stuff, whether you like it or not, just objectively, it's, it's pretty well done and, and a thought out world in my opinion. And to be able to explore freely, cause they have confirmed it's an open world RPG, which oh, Skyrim and Witcher are huge RPGs. I don't expect it though to be that size. I would much rather if this game was, it was a decent open world. It was a decent size, but dense. I want, dude, I want secret passageways. I want secrets yeah. everywhere. I want collectibles. I want like Metroidvania style shit where you're like <laughs> in a dungeon somewhere or creeping through the halls of Hogwarts and there's some like door you can't open. But then 20 hours later, you get a spell that maybe moves a bunch of rocks around. I, like whatever it yeah. is, I just want all of it. And what I have in my mind, if they execute even half of it, this this is my like most anticipated game by a fucking mile just yeah. because and I, I, i'm hyping myself up way too much here because it can very easily disappoint me i'm fully aware well, of this. but didn't they make a harry potter game for like ps3 or ps2 wasn't there a fucking ps2 harry fucking game? sick it is it sick you like it i didn't <laughs> i don't I know I, I liked it as a kid i don't i don't honestly yeah, remember like, anything of it I don't know. I, listen i here's the thing here's the thing I and I've talked about this before. I don't like wizards and weird creatures and fantasy and all that stuff. Like I just don't. And like, but I completely recognize there is a massive population of people that that's all they like or they strongly like it. So I get it. It's just not for me. I well, think like you said the same thing though. To be, good, like to be fair, I don't know. It, to be fair, you said the same shit about Game of Thrones. That's true, I did. And we all know the ending of that game. But, or that game, game that show. But what do you think of that? Like, you know. Yeah. Look at it that way, right? Favorite. Everyone told you it was good. I Well, and Game of Thrones was good. I watched all six seasons really quickly on like the go train on the way into work for a few months. And that was good. I mean, if it's going to be similar to that, yeah. I mean, a Game of Thrones game, would I play it? Yes. I think, well, first of all, I think I need to really like, think through on my video game journey like am i gonna dive into these like have i just been saying i don't like this stuff but really i just need to put in the hours on a skyrim or oh, a witcher they, they might be you know your favorite I mean? series ever but you don't know because you never played well them. i've played some of them I've, what did i play i've played i've played one of the final fantasies i've not that that's the same but it, um, yeah no not it's an art really. still what else did I play? Rhyme off some other. The, I've the thing I I can see you maybe not enjoying, and we we've talked about this a few times now, is maybe the length of most RPGs because RPGs by nature are they tend to be you know the hundred to three hundred hour games that if you only really put in like twenty to thirty hours, it it's enjoyable for that period, but you just don't get the full experience, and you might not well, see. The full picture you know my most recent my most recent run-in was assassin's creed valhalla which felt i believe probably as close to what you were talking about the assassin's okay that that's actually a really good example because assassin's creed since origins especially the the leap to odyssey did move very heavily into an rpg system yeah i didn't enjoy that i you know you know what it is for me and we've talked about this too before game economy is important to me so what I mean by that mm. is that can you please not give me four different types of currency <laughs> that run across 19 different types of things? I, I like I that and I know that Witcher's like that. I know that Skyrim's like that. I know that 
Harry Potter's probably gonna be like that. Uh, and like, no, to be fair though, those only have the one currency. You're not worrying about. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Even if you have the one currency, I think, I think Assassin's Creed really, whole, really tainted oh, you because yeah, it's like take the potion and combine it with the feather to make something that goes on your axe that can like I don't fuck it. Like I don't. Can you please just like base this a little more reality? What the fuck is going on here? So like. Anyway, that's that's my read on it. But I feel like if they execute this well with like the power of the PS5, is it going to be Unreal Engine 5? Did you say that? Well, they said Unreal. They didn't confirm if it's like the new... Ver- I don't know how many games are, are jumping on 5 yet. So I, I don't think so. Because that's like that's like the Matrix demo yeah. engine, right? Amazing. Um, and I don't, I don't know if they're there yet. If it does. we've I've seen the trailer. It doesn't look like it's running on anything, you know, otherworldly. But yeah, that that is if again it nails anything close to what I just kind of summarized, that is my number one. Yeah, um, fair. But yeah, let, let let's hop over. What is your? Do you want to start so, from the top? Like, what is your number one? Yeah. Like you are super excited for number one that I'm super excited for is, and this is controversial, but I don't care. Is Gotham Knights really? feel like yeah man i feel like it's been a long time since we've seen a game like that and mm-hmm. i'm playing i'm playing you're through replaying the all them yeah. and i'm like fuck man a new one on ps5 would just be so incredible and like to me i'm kind of interested so obviously like the mcu and everything that accompanies it from games movies tv shows has put us so deep in that universe I'm kind of wondering like if DC is going to step up to the plate. They've tried and failed so many times, but with the new Batman movie coming out in March, with this game coming out, I feel like it was Suicide Squad. There's all kinds of yeah. Suicide Squad stuff that's going on. I feel like I want to specifically for Gotham Knights, like do we know what's going on with Batman in that movie? Is he dead? Is he just not a focal focal I'm, with this I'm character? I'm trying to remember like, right now because, okay, th- what confuses me, as someone who follows this stuff so closely, I still can't keep up with when they announced this, they also announced uh, the suicide squad and the and sui- very games, yeah. yeah. And the suicide squad, if I'm right about this is made by Rocksteady, who, who did, you know, all the Batman games yep. that you've been playing recently. I'm trying to figure out though, um, who's making Gotham Knights. Nice. Yeah. I think it's WB Montreal. Yes. WB games, Montreal. Um, so if I remember that trailer, I thought it opened up with a video, like on a phone or someone, someone's in an alley and Bruce Wayne is straight up just like, like uh, when I'm gone, you got to carry on my legacy by doing, you know, blah, blah. And he's dead. But I mean, classic premise. You don't see him die. I don't think, yeah. you know, I, that's right. kind of the, this is what I mean. according to the trail, the only evidence we have, but the premise so far is that Batman is dead. Yeah. And I mean, I want to know more. Like the story pulls me in. I feel like I feel like the actual gameplay on a game like that's gonna be sick. I feel like they're gonna jump you between characters. And when you have five characters that all have been fleshed out in comics, they can have all these different abilities. I feel like it's gonna be cool. The the one down I feel like it could get a little arcadey. And I feel like that might be a little weird, but I'm excited for it. Now, th- there's other games on here that you're gonna be like, oh my god, why isn't that your number one? It's the intrigue behind Gotham Knights that I just talked about, right. which is why it's number one. Do you want me to go through like the rest of mine? Just bang um, off and we'll I figure we can just kind of go back and forth. Okay, um, you do your next. Well, okay, the next one. And you know what? This is 
this is going to relate a lot, I guess, to what you kind of said about not really liking the whole magical, like, realm of things and all that. But my second one, man, Elden Ring. Have you watched anything on this game yet? I, I've talked your ear off in the past about it, but have you actually watched anything for it? I saw the trailer they dropped at Game Awards that just happened in December. So I, 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 I am curious because you're someone who has never played a FromSoft game. You're not familiar with Souls likes at all. I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about right now. Really? <laughs> I really well, want to get no, your no. perspective on just seeing something like that, you know, cold open, here's a trailer, you know, nothing leading up from the devs, the history, all that. It looks cool. All I know about these Souls games, it's, it's a Soul game, right? Yeah. All I know about these Souls games is that they're super hard. Like I've said on these podcasts episodes before, I there there are some times I like a challenge, but most of the time I'm just looking to decompress from the day and I don't want to snap a dual sense, as we always say, and I don't want to stress myself out because that's not why I play. And I completely understand that there are people that play games where they're like, I'm going to pour 500 hours into this game or this series of Souls games and they're going to be really difficult. The payoff's going to be awesome. I'll get the trophies, whatever. We've talked about all that. Um, it, this game, it, I can already tell, it looks super fucking difficult. And I'm just like, okay, like at that point, do I just want to watch like you play? Maybe do I want to watch some YouTube clips? Like, I don't know if that's for me. But I can always say, step back out of my own skin and say, just because I don't like it, doesn't mean it's not going to be incredible. Same thing with Harry Potter. All right, well, let me, uh, let me tell you a little story here, okay? Because I oh, used boy. to be exactly like you <laughs> for years. You're like, I was like, like just fuck no, dude, for years, I was like, I didn't understand it. Everyone was talking about Souls this, Souls that. Uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, one game of the year. When was it? Two or three years ago? And that's the developer from Soft is what kind of, you know, created all this with Demon Souls, the Dark Souls series. Hatched the term Souls-like, meaning a game that has the kind of gameplay loop that all these same games have like bloodborne. I just didn't get it for so, so long. And my buddy Derek talks about this stuff all the time. It's like his favorite series ever or favorite, like type of game. He's into all this stuff. And he's been trying to convince me for years to get into like bloodborne and, and all these games. And I'm just like, I, my response was literally what you just said. I don't know, man. They look really hard. I play games for fun. Like, I don't want to get frustrated. Like, I, I leave that to the multiplayer stuff. <laughs> but um, it wasn't until PlayStation 5 was announced and they showed off Demon Souls, which was a remake. So the, this was like the PS5 remake of a PS3 game that visually looked just stupidly good. Like, I couldn't get past the demos they were putting up online about this thing. And I don't know if you remember back when it was announced and kind of recall what that game looked like visually. But I just couldn't get past it. There was something about it where I'm like, this just looks so enticing. I got to see what this is about. And the more and more I looked into it, I was getting more excited about, okay, like maybe this will be my entrance into what these games are about. And let me tell you, there is something that clicks in your brain about, you know, an hour or two in, 
that just changes your perspective from this is difficult. I don't want to do this to I need to get to the next part. I had like, I cannot wait until I get that, that free time of mine. You know, the moment when you actually have a moment to yourself to sit down, get back to the game you're playing and just progress. And it's really hard to put into words. I've described this to you with Returnal and, you know, all these games that kind of have a similar structure because Souls likes have branched off drastically since and become a whole other thing, right? There's all sorts of different mm-hmm. subgenres now. But at the core of it, the way the best way I can describe it is in most games, especially when you just adjust that difficulty slider if you're annoyed by something what's your approach to most games if it's not a stealth game you're going to run in you're going to you're going to do some crazy shit you're going to wipe out let's say like a dozen to two dozen enemies in a few minutes and move on that section of the game that experience of fighting those 20 people is all over within literally a few minutes and you move Mm. on and you never return to it this is a very broad like explanation of just most games right the Souls-like formula causes you to step back, approach the level, and think of it, I guess, in the most realistic terms possible to what you would probably think about if you were in that scenario in real life. And I know that sounds very hyperbolic because you're in like a magical setting and all this shit. Mm-hmm. But if you can follow me with this logic, you're walking up and there's one guy. There's literally one guy guarding a bridge. In any other game, you would run up to that dude and just completely wipe the floor with him, right? You'd have no problem. One enemy in literally any game, doesn't matter, name one. I can I can tell you right now, you can crush them. But there's something about Souls like where you, that guy could murder the living shit out of you. And you're immediately going to come back and say, well, that that's too difficult. I don't want to put up with that. But the way that they design, and this is what this is the part that really needs to be experienced and not just explained to people. That interaction you have with that one single enemy is so, so potent and so much fun learning the dynamics between, okay, like I got to pick up what the, like the patterns of how this guy's attacking. Maybe he's weak to a certain thing and I got to do trial and error. And before you know it, you've leveled up yourself to now go up and murder the living crap out of it. But it's through pure skill and not the game just being like, oh, okay, well, you, you put it to easy or you got this crazy weapon that can just, you know, obliterate them in one hit. It's hard to describe, but there's something about that formula that keeps you coming back and wanting to get better. It doesn't, I have not so far in the games since Demon Souls that I've played, I haven't been deterred trying to get into these titles being like, this is, it's not frustrating, I think is what I'm trying to, the, the word I'm trying to find here it's it, it promotes that sense of just wanting to progress and wanting to better yourself and there, it's very rare in games that you actually get that feeling and I think that's why the genre kind of became what it did mm. yeah the, the, that makes sense and I think I think if I become that kind of gamer if I really like sit down with one uh, it's very possible that I sit down with like a Demon Souls or a Bloodborne. Like Bloodborne, I have because it was free on PS Plus like mm-hmm. last year. So I have Bloodborne. So if I sit down with one of these games and I put in the time and I come to the revelation you've just described, then totally. I just, I know myself enough to know that it's like I play a lot of games on easy. Not every game, but I play a lot of games on easy because I'm just like, I'm here for the story. I'm here for the experience. Yeah. I'm here for like a narrative to play out. 
I'm not looking for a crazy challenge. It gets different when it's like, I really like this game. I like all the mechanics. I like the story. I like freaking myself out. So I beat Resident Evil 8 on every difficulty. And like, you know, it, it's the, and it was a different experience every time. So I right. can definitely appreciate what you're saying. I just, I, to me, it's a double whammy because you've got a really hard game in a setting that I don't particularly give a shit about. Right. That, and it is a hard sell. I that's completely problem get that. Is like, if I was into that, there's lots of people that are. Like I said, these games sell really well, and it's obviously a formula for a reason. So, yeah, I, I will commit to one day. I won't say when, <laughs> but one day I will pick up Bloodborne since it's sitting in the library. I will pick up Bloodborne and play like a few hours and see. I feel and we can talk about these shows. It, well, if we if we ever get to a point where we can do like even a stream here or there and do like a live thing or just a pre-recorded like video of you playing a game i think that needs to be it it needs yeah. to be a souls game and then we got to make a bunch of t-shirts that just um, say something about you snapping the controller yeah because right now the only image video of me playing video games is video in arcade top 10 oh my from God. 1990 what was that. it no when was whenever it? mario kart 64 released so yeah because that, that, that was like the hot shit at the time right yeah, look it up. Mario Kart 64 on Video Arcade Top 10. The and most Canadian show up. ever. The most Canadian show ever. And you literally, you could see me in the corner, just like you see streamers now. And you could see me like yeah. tongue out, a fucking play. It was bad. Uh, 1996. Whew. Yeah, 96. I was on Video Arcade Top 10. Lost, came in fourth. Four out of four on uh, Mario Kart 64. Oh, so I'm man. pretty sure, dude, it was, I'm pretty sure I had a a hand on each side of the Nintendo 64 controller <laughs> oh, no. and like was trying to that is not how you do that the in the middle dude i didn't have one man i was like 11 years old or some shit i literally was 11 yeah because i was born in 85 so yeah. i was 11 years old and i was like i never had a 64 and like it was just luck of the draw i actually got on the show it's not like you have to have skill or like try out they're yeah. just like okay you showed up and uh do you want to be on the show and that was it so if you're willing to go there for the taping, which was all day, they would just randomly select people to play the games from yeah. the audience. I remember that. Well, I was in the crowd watching. Yeah. 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 I very yeah. small memories of it, but oh man. Well, you were, you were, you were eight years old. So yeah. <laughs> like, you were just like, can I go play with my action figures? What the fuck is this? Like, well, yeah. listen, th this is not going to be the end of me talking your ear off about Elden Ring, I'm sure, because it does release on February 25th. I mean, yeah. So that is right around the corner. So before you know it, we're going to be talking about this for sure. So I'll keep you up to date. If you get the chance to play it, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I, I do completely, completely understand your reasoning. Because again, I was there. Uh, what what do you got as your, your, your number or, two? Before I get to my number two, I have a question. Sure. I saw a game in the list and I don't know what it is. And it's not, it doesn't have a date yet. And I want to know if you have any info, because if you do, this is not my number two. This will be my fucking number one, and it'll be up there with Harry Potter for a lot of the same reasons you just described. Okay. On that list is A Quiet Place. Ooh, yes. Okay, so that, that was officially announced. This is not like a, a rumor thing. Anything on that list that I sent you was all official like announcements. There's no details on that game. There's no nothing. Idea. It was literally like, we're making a game. And I think that was it. If anything's come out since, I haven't been like updated. No, on I looked. It. I looked in that list. I, I I searched it. There's nothing. And like, but I yeah. wondered if you 
if you had heard anything, but like, dude, if that game plays out even 10% the same way the movies do, like think about the mechanics you can do around hearing and sensing and like all yeah. the stuff last brought us, but focusing more on no, it with head with and proper like, headphone tuning. Oh, proper headphone tuning would make that game fucking incredible. So that's on my list at the bottom because I don't, I didn't even know. I'm right. like, is this yep. what I think it is? I think that's going to be incredible. My number two is God of War Ragnarok because, nice. you know, 2018 God of War, incredible. Oh, fucking Kratos is such an interesting character. I had not played the other God of Wars. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just kind of breezed by them. When I and again, like we've talked about, I got back into into PlayStation. I got back into video games. Fucking Kratos is a really old character with a lot oh, of yeah. old games. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna play 2018 God of War, and I think it was free on like the. There, it's free through like whatever it is the PlayStation collection you get with PS5. God of War is. <laughs> I think it is. I might be wrong. It uh, might just I, be a great hits or something. Yeah, I was anyways, gonna say. Um played that fucking incredible i saw so they had a good trailer at uh, the game awards for it oh my god man like that game just looks so incredible and like by the way this game being my number two contradicts a little bit of what i've said in this podcast like it is a little bit fantasy like yeah it's it's i was literally gonna just just say that yeah but it is more old like old world greece like it there is a lot of shit where you're like, these monsters make no fucking sense. And those parts of it, I like roll my eyes a little bit. Mm. But the story between like him and his son, who turns out to be fucking Loki, is like <sighs> super, spoilers. Super crazy. Oh, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> no, it's, it's in, an old, yeah, old game. It's, old an, game. Old, it's an old game. Um, but apologies. Uh, but like just the story, the father-son thing, like I'm a dad now, yeah. that kind of like, that's my jam. So I, it was, I thought it was incredible. I'm really excited for what they do with the next one. Uh, and I don't know. Part of the problem with this whole list and part of the reason it's so large is a lot of these games were delayed from last year or yeah. 2020. And the, and I think a lot of this list is going to get pushed into 2022 and 20 or 2023, 2024. Yeah, we're we're in 2022, man. <laughs> Keep forgetting. Yeah, sorry. I, I know. Yeah. But I think 23, 24, a lot of these are going to be yeah. pushed into. I wouldn't be sure. surprised if God of War does. Um, the great thing about the anticipation for that game is we at least know, like it's a, it's a known entity. Like we know that 2018 was one of the fucking best games ever made full stop. So for, yeah, exactly. It's a proven formula. You're kind of familiar with everything that it's going to have. So all they really need to do is the whole, you know, uncharted to uncharted two or dead space to dead space Two. just make the sequel have everything, essence wise mechanics wise what you built on in that first game and just expand on it we don't need you to reinvent the wheel here by the trailers it doesn't look like they're doing that anyways i think think some people wanted that which i just think is crazy like they went to some great lengths to build everything you saw in that first game and for me personally and i feel like you're this way too is just i just want more of it and if you're going to give me more of it with maybe more refinements here and there and you know a little bit of improvement you always want to add a few things into the sequel but i think we know that this is going to be like there's there's no doubt in my mind this is going to come out and be anything but fucking incredible mm-hmm. yeah i th- i think it's going to be i think it's going to be really really good i think they have a really good opportunity here to like double down on a formula that's so 
so polished like that game is so polished just in like the way the fluidity of the way it works like to me it's got the fluidity of like a spider-man just in a different context yeah like that's it's easy to pick up and play and the lore and the fact that it's drawing on actual history and then it throws in all this fantasy stuff again like, that was a really cool me, part to it yeah you know like that's actually like the history of the spartans is wo- woven in throughout you know god of war which is super cool yeah all the mythology they really nailed out of the park like i i loved every bit of that and the whole sequel thing um i'm just going to relate back to my number three because my third and at this point i mean out of my my top three here two of them are like super highly anticipated games that have absolutely no release date or information like hogwarts legacy had that thing today from epic saying you know in the highlight reel it's coming out in 2022 but this game that i'm my number three is just one of those elusive things i feel like i'm never going to actually see and that's legend of zelda breath of the wild two sequel whatever the hell they end up calling there's no official name i don't think I know you haven't played the first one because you don't have a Switch. Did you ever, uh, did Jacob ever bring it over? Did you guys, Did you ever actually get your hands on it or no? No. Okay. The, the reason, if, you've, if you don't, you're not too familiar with why this game is so crazy, crazy good and why everyone loves it, regardless of the fact that it's a Zelda game, is the exploration. No. It's, yeah. There is something they did. It's very easy to like pinpoint, but they made exploring in this game. It's a giant open world. It's one of the, I think mm-hmm. it's the only Zelda that's like a giant open world. And the way that you explore is completely 100% up to you. And a lot of games kind of complete madness. That's madness. Yeah. I would get so upset. But anyways. <laughs> It's just too, so much, too many places to go. I just don't even know where to start. That'd be but, stressful. Okay, here, here's the thing. But a I lot of it. games promise that. They'll they'll mm-hmm. say in the marketing speak leading up to release that, oh, take the path you want and carve your own story and, and all that like marketing speak, right? But Breath of the Wild actually did it and didn't compromise anything. So what I mean by that is there is no uh, main quest line. Like, you can go to any part of the map. You talk to a person, they have something for you to do, you do it. So there, there isn't really that sense that you're missing out or you got to get back to the main quest. Like, oh man, I've been, I've been hunting in the woods or doing all these side activities for so long. I need to get back to the main quest. I hate that feeling and I'm done with that feeling. And Legend of Zelda is part of the reason that now that I know this feeling exists i just want to chase that i want that game where you load up you come out of you know the mountain for the first time you see the horizon of the earth and all these landmarks in the distance and it doesn't matter which one you go to it will set you off on a path of a whole bunch of crazy cool shit to experience Mm. so they announced this game a few years ago just the fact that they were working on it and we got like the shortest trailer last year with no more info. So it's my number three, but like you said, I think this is going to be unfortunately one of those that gets pushed. Yeah. I, I'd be really surprised if it came out in uh, 2022, but that that's by far, if it releases in 2022, my hype for that game is friggin' through the roof. Yeah. That makes sense. My number three 
is Forspoken. Ooh, yes, I want to talk about this. And again, and again, like, everyone's going to like, <laughs> Dude. Right? The, the, the small amount of people that listen to the show so far, because it's new, are going to write in and be like, you keep telling us you don't like fantasy, but you want to play all your fantasy <laughs> All your games. top games are fantasy games. So all my top games are fantasy games. Um, no, 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 but this is, and again, I take this as like, this is what I'm excited about from an industry perspective and like stretching the technology and showing what's possible on PS5 is more how I approach this list. Okay. I am going to play them, but will I play like if Forspoken is just like crazy, like fantasy, like over the top stuff that makes no sense. I won't play the whole thing, but like, I feel like it's going to look incredible. Storylines interesting more so than some of the other fantasy ones I've seen where she's like this girl and everything's normal. And then she like steps, I forget exactly. Well, how it I, goes. I, to your point about being someone who just doesn't jive all the time with the whole fantasy, really far fetched settings. Mm. This is a very interesting game because the entire premise is about a girl living in a city modern day and get sucked into this world right, of craziness. Cool. And she's dealing with it, which I hope um, buddy Gary Witta over at uh, kind of funny helping write this game. I hope they write it in a way that you really get the sense of the perspective that someone like you would have like, what the hell is this? And, and kind of see through her eyes, absorbing this fantasy world coming from a very realistic life and that can make it really really interesting and i just think like uh, that trailer was super impressive like some of these games the reason i'm impressed is because i saw them at game awards or i saw them in a playstation showcase and i'm like i just need to know more based on how this game looked regardless of whether i like the genre or not like it just looks really cool the movement um, in that game looks unreal uh, yeah. oh yeah like and that's what i mean so as you know like I could probably get past any any genre type if the mechanics are super awesome. Like, you think I wanted to play It Takes Two where you get shrunken down into this weird fucking clay dude and some chick made out of yarn? Like, nothing <laughs> made me want to play that game. And then I'm like, it got game of the year. It's on sale for 25 bucks. It's couch co-op or online with a friend. I'm like, let's fucking play this game. And it's literally one of my favorite games ever now. Mm. So, like, to me... The fact that I don't like fantasy, it's like, it's not a hard and fast rule. It can be overridden if everything else about the game is amazing. But I just find that like, oh my God, I just, I can't find that fucking feather to make that fucking potion. Where am I not going to do this fucking part of the game now? Like, well, fuck this. And like, that's where I end up with a lot of this stuff. And I, I, I do feel just from the vibe I'm getting from this, at least my take on what they've showed us so far it's not going to be that type of game. Like Forspoken does yeah. not look like a huge RPG where there's that level of depth where you're mixing potions and you're, you're in your inventory menu for half the game because that's how intensive all that yeah. stuff is. It looks very PlayStation. It looks like a narrative-driven action experience, third person, the, the whole nine yards of what you would expect from that kind of yeah. classification of like a, a, a PlayStation first party. Or, Isn't sorry, it? I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't think this is first, is party, but, first party. No, sorry. But it's like it, it's an exclusive. Studio. But yeah, you, you get what I'm I'm saying. Is it PlayStation Studios or no? No, like it's not one of the studios they bought, right? No, it's uh, Square Enix. Is I believe. Let's look this up. I believe they're the ones publishing it. Um, Luminos Engine, Luminos Productions. So I'm not actually too familiar with them. But uh, Square Enix, who, you know, does a lot of, like, 
the final, well, their Final Fantasy and a whole bunch of other huge, huge stuff. Um, they're publishing it. So not not first party, not something that Sony owns, but it will be a PlayStation exclusive, mm-hmm. at least for launch. I could see that kind of being opened up in a little bit too. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do I have next here? So I only listed the first five, and you actually touched on God of War and Forspoken. What are we at here? Yeah, we can keep going for maybe another game or two. One that I put on here, this is like a completely unknown entity. This is the complete opposite of the the Breath of the Wilds and, you know, the, the God of Wars. Arc Raiders. Do you remember that game from the life. Game Awards? That was my fit. So I have six games, including Quiet Place, which is a question mark, and yeah. Arc Raiders are five. Because, yeah, I, yeah, very interesting. No idea what it's going to be, but like the trailer was super intriguing. I think that's it. I think, I think I'm so lured in by the fact that I, I don't know enough about it, but what I do know about it really spikes my interest because this game is being developed by all, like a whole team of ex developers from the Battlefield franchise. This was like, uh, what was his name? Patrick Soderlund, I think, was like the kind of the head guy in charge of Battlefield when Battlefield was at its prime. Battlefield is one of my favorite series in the entire planet, and it's such a shame what happened in 2042. A lot of these guys left way before the development of 2042, during, after. So it's made up of some, some people that have made some of my favorite games in existence. And... If I remember correctly, I think this is going to be released as a free-to-play game, which has me a little worried just because, you know, the freemium models either hit it or you, you fuck it up completely. But the whole co-op aspect of, like, what they showed in that trailer, it has such a cool art style. I, I dig that art style so hard. It's got that 60s kind of retro vibe, and they cut that whole trailer to, like... um robin's dancing on my own like that that song that they cut the trailer to oh man everything in that trailer style wise totally hit home with me the gameplay looks fun as hell i've never seen those guys just relating it back to battlefield again attempt the whole third person thing it'll be kind of a new like they've always done the first person shooter so i'll be interested in like you know what they do with that but I'm really excited to just see what this is about. The whole thing with like these these alien beings, but they're like robotic coming from another planet and you just got to like wipe them out. And if it's a good co-op experience and supplies me with a couple dozen hours, just like hopping on with you or any one of my friends, that's all I can ask for. And I think I'm just most excited that it is those Battlefield guys working with this. And that trailer looked super, super sublime. Hey, one question. Because I didn't see it on the list now that I'm thinking about it. Was fucking the Dead Space remake on that list? I don't, I don't, there were, I was listening to something today and people were talking about developers potentially, this is such like a loose piece of information. Um, <laughs> it may make the end of 2022. I don't, I think there's no shot in hell um, that game's releasing this year. I don't think yeah. there's any reason to. I mean, take all the time you need with that game i don't want that game being rushed by any means because that is a franchise that's super near and dear to me and like please don't fuck that up it's fair it's fair my last game because now we've covered everything on my list my last game is gran turismo 7 really nice when when was the last gran turismo you played 
Gran Turismo four or five. And like, so there's, there's a bunch of different ways to play racing games. You can play like need for speed where it's like drive to this, drive to this marker in this city and race. And the cops are going to chase you and like, well, you know, whatever upgrade your car. And then there's games like, like hot wheels, the new hot wheels game, which I forget what it's called. looks super fun. Very arcade. Hot wheels unleashed. Hot wheels unleashed. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's hot wheels unleashed. Then there's like, I just downloaded on PS plus for this month, dirt five, which is a rally game. Yeah. And I play, I play it with, uh, with, with my son and he's like, daddy, I can't do it. I keep hitting the wall. And I'm like, you're not ready for this. It's fine. (laughs) There's a very wide range. Gran Turismo is what started all of that for the most. I mean, unless you count like cruising USA and all these like really arcadey ones, like Gran Turismo seven, like brought a sense of realism to it. And if you want to play something that's as close to an actual racing simulator, like this one's going to be the one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any game that's going to come out in 2022 that's going to look as good as Gran Turismo 7. There's something about the way they build that game with the lighting effects, the ray tracing, everything they do with it. I'm just like, this. it's going to... Because I remember in five, when 5 came out, it looked bananas. And 7, I saw the trailer and I'm like, this... It looks like a real fucking car. Like, it looks like real life. Yeah, and, that, that was always the benchmark when we were growing up, right? That okay. was the game. Because, okay. I mean, asset-wise and all that stuff that they have to have on screen at any given time, and just the way they build those games allows them to put a lot of resources into the visuals. Because it's just, it's a race. You don't have to worry about too much of the peripheral stuff. I, I feel like their backgrounds, their mountainsides are all going to be polished as shit too, utilizing as much of the PS5 as they can. But I think I just think, like, I... Those games, by the way, if you want to master those games, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours oh, because yeah. you need to race enough times to pay for like the $300,000 engine you're going to drop in a Pagani that you're going to like do this 300 lap race with. Like, do, that. do you remember those races that were literally, I think they would actually take real time. It was like 24 hours or something like that. Yeah, I used to work, I used to work with a guy at, I used to work at Auto Trader back in the day. And I worked with a guy who literally would leave his PlayStation on and like put his fucking, he put it on like simulation mode and like do 500 laps while he was at work. Oh my God. <laughs> Just to like get through the story part of it or whatever. And like, yeah, I'm really excited to see what that's going to be. Am I going to dump 400 hours into it? No, mm-hmm. but I'll probably pick it up and play it for, I'll probably dump like, like 30, 40 hours into it. Why not? Like the problem with that game is if you're a completionist and a box checker, this will drive you nuts. Because last to get every, years. To, yeah, to get every car, win every race, get every cup, like he'll be there forever. Well, I got a whole bunch less uh, left on this list, but we would be here for like six more hours. So I'm just going to rifle off like the full list. If there's anything yeah. you just want to quickly touch on, and then we can kind of move on to the next part here. But just in terms of the other games that I highlighted that I, I am genuinely stoked for, I have Dying Light 2, Stay Human, Horizon Forbidden West, the Saints Row reboot. Uh, I actually have here, because I I am genuinely excited to see both of these get proper attention if it does get proper attention, and that's the Cyberpunk and Witcher 3 next-gen upgrades. Because those have been promised. Those are games that I want to revisit. Witcher 3 is already amazing, so getting an upgrade is just going to be super worth it. Cyberpunk Cyberpunk has a long... Yeah, and I, oh man, I just I hope that it does it the proper justice because I, I did think that game was pretty cool. 
Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga looks dope cool. as hell, and I would I thought I'd never say that. And uh, Stray, which is just a game about being a cat. So, okay. of course, that's well, on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, oh, the Lego Star Wars movies or Lego Star Wars games, the, all the Lego games in general. I feel like it's kind of collectathony, like, but I kind of I kind of dig it. I love that Lego's so versatile. Have like, you I'm watched the? Do you do you know what I'm talking about with this game in particular, yeah, yeah. though? Not just any regular Lego awesome. game. I saw the preview. The preview is at uh, Game Awards. Oh, yeah. incredible. This is fully voice acted, fully like there's rendered cutscenes. They take you through every first single game. movie. It's the first movie, right? The game. Skywalker Saga. Um, A new basically, right? No, 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 no. Um, let's or is it see just here. Skywalker story throughout a bunch of the movies? Dude, I'm pretty sure it's all nine movies. Let's, oh, uh, wow. let's check it. It's... Regardless of what this game is, I just like the, Lego's fun. Lego's just a fun time. Yeah, and and just I think it's the level of polish they've put into this particular Lego game. Because to be honest, I've I've had a bunch in the past, and they are very geared towards kids. Like you said, they're just pure collectathons. They're great for what they are, but this looks like a whole different beast, and I'm genuinely excited for this thing to come out and give it a shot. Yeah, but. Yeah, man, we, I think we've been going for quite a long while here. So I'm going to move it on to our next segment. But I'm glad we got through most of that because I don't know how long that was going to take, to be honest with you. Uh, it's, it's a long pod today, people. If you're still here, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you like our opinions. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of games to talk about. Long pod. Well, next up, we got our Pixel Picks for this week. And considering you just got yourself a brand new Oculus, I thought we could discuss VR games and what I could recommend to you in the VR space. Yeah, for sure. Because there are there there is a holy Bible when it comes to VR. Okay, there are three games that anyone that gets VR, and I'm pretty sure these games are on every single platform, so it applies to everything mm-hmm. that you have to have. You just have to, and it, I'm sure they're dead cheap by this by now. But number one is Beat Saber. You know this. You've played it. That is one of the friggin' best yeah. VR experiences I've ever Got and it. still ever have. Uh, great. The uh, next one is Super Hot. That game. Don't have that yet. But yes. You've I've played it at my house, right? Yeah, it's incredible. The <sighs> faster you move. Yeah. The, the faster. So uh, if you stop, time stops. The faster you move, the faster time speeds up. And right, you so are just John Wicking the fuck through this game. It, you're going to love it. I, I guarantee you're going to crush the shit out of that game. And the last one is Pistol Whip. And Pistol Whip is very, very similar to Super Hot, just minus the whole um, slowdown and, and, and time manipulation. You're basically on like a roller coaster rail, rocketing through a predetermined level with crazy EDM music blasting in your ears. And you just have to like shoot guys but that is one of the best vr games i think i've ever played just in terms of a quick pick it up rock it for a little bit and enjoy the living shit out of it those three games you you, you have to experience so given that i just spent i don't know a ton of money on buying <laughs> yeah i literally just bought little nightmares one little nightmares two little nightmares dlc psychonauts two i bought the full version of it takes two like anyways yeah um 
I'm going to have some guardrails on this. So <laughs> I have games already. Okay. I'll tell you what I have. I can only buy one because I have, actually have a credit because somebody referred me okay. to buy Oculus and yep. then I get 35 bucks spend in the store. So awesome. I can buy Super Hot or Pistol Whip. Which one would you recommend? Super Hot or Pistol Whip? I think I'd go with Super Hot just because okay. it's so unique. You It it really makes you feel something else when you're when you're getting through that game. And I mean, having the Oculus, we kind of touched on it, but I'm, I'm assuming you're going to get Resident Evil 4 as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I have right now. So I have library. Where's like this is what comes with an app that's um, on your phone, so you can look through what you have and stuff. So I just got super hot. I've got Job Simulator, which my Amazing. wife loved. Amazing. It's basically it was like ten bucks, and you basically I think you know you just go in and like make food and stuff. Yep. Um, or you can there's a grocery there's a store clerk one we played tonight, which was actually kind of fun. It's so fun. Um, you're just doing, like, 7-Eleven pouring Slurpees and stuff. So like it, it again, like that game was made just to be a VR game. And it's yep. literally just using all the tech that comes with it. So it's amazing. Uh, FYI, um, there is also a vacation simulator. So Yes, the, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Um Beat Saber, obviously. Um there's a bunch of other things like I obviously downloaded Netflix, I got Horizon Worlds in here. Um, okay, this move, which I think is like exercises and stuff, came with the system. Um, Golf Plus, which is where yep. the tournament, tournament will be held. Mm. It's just a virtual golf game. I, I imagine it's going to be similar to Wii Golf, but probably with real people is what it looks like. Um, Dead and Buried 2 is like $2. Oh, cool. So I picked up that. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'll I'll maybe like do a whole like breakdown on the show once I played it. Yep. Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 I bought before the Oculus came in. Before I actually like That's awesome. put my credit card in for the Oculus, I went in and bought this game. Because I just want I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I just need to fucking buy this game. Um there's a Medal of Honor that was free. Oh. And Download I don't know that if it's a, for sure. It's, it's, called, it's called Above and Beyond. Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. So not sure how that's gonna go. Population one, which is a sniper game. Hmm. And onward, which looks like another like war style game. Three of these games were like deeply discounted, and I was like, "They look interesting. Let's build the library." Because you know how this is going to go. It's very VR. And we just talked about how it's going to move away from this, but right now it's still very novelty based. I'll dump a bunch of time into this, and then I'll fucking collect dust for like six months. Yeah, and then I'll play it again, and then I'll collect dust because like PS Five is like where I spend my time. The one thing to remember with Beat Saber is there's music packs. So you're gonna get a you're gonna get a ton of songs that already come with it. Just keep in mind, um, there are a lot of music packs that are extra. Like there's there's like a Lincoln Park pack that I think you'd probably just love. So there's stuff like that. Keep an eye out. Maybe if that goes on sale, definitely look out for those. Question about Beat Saber because I was playing it tonight, just trying this thing out. The red lines. So I get the whole concept of up, down, left, right, left hand, right hand. The red lines coming at you. Do I just like duck? You have to dodge or... that. So if your head hits any of the red parts, you're gonna you're gonna fail or lose points. I just have to move my head. You fit, it's, yeah, and you can turn that off or you can keep it on. There's bombs. Okay. There, there's all sorts of stuff. Make sure you go into the menu before you play and curate it to what you want to do. I live in a spot that's very congested where we have the VR set up, and I legitimately cannot play with the red barriers. Because no matter what I do, like we were talking about before, I go out of bounds, something happens, I fail, and it's no fault of like my own. It's it's the game just not allowing me to have the breathing space in my room. So mm-hmm. if you're having the same problem, 
just go into the menu. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you can turn on, you can turn off. Uh, you can customize all sorts of stuff. You can customize the color of your lightsabers if you want, or the background of what you're playing with. Uh, make sure you look at all that stuff before you play. Well, dude, that's good. That's a good tip. All right, rounding off today, we're just going to touch base on our free candy, the free games this month. So last week, or was it? No, oh, it was this week, I guess. Um, Anyone on PS Plus, don't forget to download Deep Rock Galactic, Dirt 5, or Persona 5 Strikers. Um, Game Pass this month is actually super dope. They got Ember coming out on January 6th. The Mass Effect Legendary Edition is dropping on January 6th. With So that's today. Um, and Outer Wilds. That's a game that I need to explain to you, I think, another time. Because, oh my god, between Outer Wilds and Mass Effect dropping today is a very solid update um you got spelunky 2 coming out january 13th and anacrusis day one january 13th dropping as well um twitch prime also has some really good games right now so if you have twitch uh twitch prime go out there they have star wars jedi fallen order completely free right now Uh, i think that's until february 2nd so make sure you get that world war uh world war z aftermath until february 7th and then we got Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy Remastered until February 1st. Um, and a whole bunch of other games that uh, I'm not huge on. But that's our free candy for today. Um, I'm glad we got through all the new games. I'm so excited for this year. If if a fourth of this list drops, I'll be completely content, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, if like uh, I, of my list, two out of the six, I'd be like, yep, yep. Good, good year. <laughs> Cause like there's so much and I get it with everything happening in the industry, supply chain issues, um, just all the drama with some of these developers and some of these publishers, like it, some might get delayed and will get delayed. So temper your expectations, gaming community. Cause you're a bunch of savages. <laughs> my God. It's going to be an exciting year. I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to keep you all updated as much as we can every Friday. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you all next week.